that's what we're talking about. But in the meantime, he has a few more things to say first. And he says, If you're going to look to understand, just looking around the world around us, to, to use that as a starting point for our understanding of theology, so there's two ways to do it. There's some which are very exactly. In other words, we try to understand exactly what's going on. We analyze everything in fine detail. Or there's a general understanding which we see forces in the world without actually being reductive, going into detail to try to understand each one. So he says, Philosophy was the science of trying to understand each detail and explain it. The darkeharius, the priesthood they saw. What he's going to say here about the philosophers is exactly what he said right at the beginning of the Kazari. And that is the, that what the philosophers believed, or they understood, is that there is a creator, but the creator isn't interested in what people do. He's way beyond what people do. We can't. <coughs> he doesn't. Uh, he's not going to change based on what we do, and therefore we don't need to do anything with him. It says, "The king is loyal. Loyal, you know. He won't be good for us. As a king, he won't punish us. But loyal to us, he will cover us. He's not going to know about our fears, not our bonds. But loyal to us, he will be serving him. But loyal, you know. And if we rebel against him, the shayalim kadmon kadmosay. And therefore, the world's always been. It wasn't created in a specific time. And therefore, the philosophers didn't believe in any god that they would refer to. It's only somebody who would have heard Shem speak and know what his instructions are and see that he rewards and see that he punishes. Then, then you can refer to Shem in a certain way. In other words, the philosophers, when the analysis of the world brought them to an understanding that the world is a system which runs. Um, and even if it was created, it's, the creator isn't involved in the running of the world. It's like Simpson to the highest degree. Uh, beyond Simpson. It's the fact that the words of the Ramban, we talk about the philosophers, even if it's true that there has to be the first cause which created the world, but he created a perfect running model, and now it He left it alone. He's not interfering with it. And that's the case. What we do really in, in, on that world, in that way of looking at it, it really doesn't make any difference. Because now that it's the system which runs by itself, Hashem has, so to speak, abandoned it, and therefore the davening doesn't help, and what we do good doesn't help, what we do bad doesn't help. It's a system which, is, which isn't going to be changed by what people do. Again, we don't have to go into the, all the mistakes of philosophy. We already spoke about this at the beginning when this was the discussion of what, uh, what's wrong about philosophy when the Chaf was talking about at the beginning. But he's going to say here... I have a question for you. So it says, therefore, this was the, the way the philosophers came to a conclusion which was wrong based on just looking at the world around them. And he says that, and this is really the same argument, it's just being more makatsin, it's being more brief, it's exactly the same point you said in the Shara'arif, and that is, the argument of the philosophers is, we saw Hashem. We heard, we heard Him speak. And if that's the case, we saw that Hashem is interested in the world. And Hashem does make, does make a difference in what we do. Because... He told us. He gave and us a Torah. Yeah, this is our answer to the Torah. This is our sin. The argument we is, we, we saw, we heard, Hashem told us, Hashem warned us, Hashem threatened us with punishment, Hashem promised us reward. And therefore, the philosophy, if we, if we didn't have our sin, we could have to argue with it on a, on a more abstract level. But the simple answer to it is, we know it's not true. We were witnesses to the fact that HaKadosh Baruch is interested in people, does speak to people, has expectations of people, 
watches what people are doing, rewards them and punishes them, and this is against all the principles of, the, of what the, the philosophers will do. And that's what he says. It's the Mishnah Shamit Varav. We heard him talk. It's Ivoyav, as a Rasa, what he warned us, what he commanded us. Gemurah the reward when you listen to him. Anshad Avera, the punishment for disobeying him. So we made it. We've, we've seen that that's, that, that Hakadish Baruch Hu, so to speak, is involved and does exist in that way. And therefore, we have a name for Hashem. We said, He speaks to us. Then we can refer to Him. And therefore, we know it's true that He created the world from, it wasn't as always here. He created the world from a state where there wasn't a world. And it starts in the beginning with Chirasa Adam. At the beginning, when He created Adam, the first person, how did he know Hashem? Hashem spoke to him. Adam was a Navi. Hashem spoke to him. Hashem instructed him. Hashem told him to go, what to do in Eden. So he didn't doubt Hashem by looking around him. He heard Hashem. And same thing. Hashem warned him what would have happened to him if he, if he doesn't obey. Hashem promised him the reward if he does. He did anything about punishment. So it was a reality that he saw with his own eyes. Same thing. He saw. Hashem created Chava for him. Just like you could see how Kaddish Baruch had created something which didn't exist before, so you could see Hashem was a bird. Obviously, according to the Greek philosophy or any other worldview, it can't be that there was only a man in the world and later on a woman came into existence. The world could never, that, that means that was the first stage of the world. It couldn't have created, couldn't continue without man and woman from the beginning. And therefore, if other Christians see he's, he's the only human being in the world, and later Kaddish Baruch brings him a second human being, so obviously he saw creation. And he understood this was the beginning point of the world. Is that a steward to them believing that it always... What was the... The Kuzari has made his point. We're going to talk about it a bit more as the history continues. We'll still see that later, Chef. But let's just discuss this a little bit. What were the Greeks thinking? What was the problem in thinking? Remember, our answer to the Greeks is based we saw, we heard. So therefore we know this is Hashem, and we know he spoke to us, and therefore that's the disproof to everything we believe. Abraham Avinu, he came to HaKadosh Baruch before he saw, before he heard. So, what, and if that's the case, what was what, the, 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 the point which the Greeks went wrong with and therefore they didn't come to the Maskana that Avravina came to? Okay, so let's first talk about the Greeks, then Medeshem, Mukalech, Avravina after that. What was, what, the, the worldview of philosophy was basically built on, as a science. Like everything else, uh, the, the Greeks worked with, with the concepts of science. Philosophy is also mainly built on principles of science. And therefore, they started off by looking at the world right now as a model which is a running model. And therefore, is there any indication in the system that it's not a viable system to carry out? Is there something which is which is dramatically wrong with the way the world runs that it's going to lead to its own extinction? No. It's a system which works, and it's a system which runs, and it's a system which will continue to run because it's, it's, work, it's a working system, basically. We don't see any major major problem or major gap in the way that this world runs, the way the world runs, which is going to lead to its extinction. And therefore, what the philosophy was based on the premise that things work, things have a system which they run in, it's called nature, whatever that's what they call it, and therefore, if they, if they have a, a workable running system, then there's no reason to assume something's going to change in the future. If the system runs now, and uh, nature strikes a balance, as they say, or everything finds its place that it works within the system and also it uh, kind of comp- compensates for itself. Good, so it's a working system. 
Is there any reason to assume that the system won't continue to work now? It works now. It's a system which will continue to run in the future too. So it'll work in the future too. There's nothing inherently wrong with the system if you say it has to come to an end. It's not like it's a system built on a like a, 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 a fatal flaw or some major premise which is missing that's going to lead to its undoing. It's, it's a system which can work. And if that's the case, and I see something working now, so then I can assume, presume it's going to continue to work. Why should it change? Why should it change? And if that's the case, if I can assume it's working now, it'll work in 100 years, and it'll work in 1,000 years. And if it'll work in the groups who are thinking in 10,000 years, so then it's worked backwards too. If it's something which, would have, which works now, and there's no reason to assume this is something which ever was different and didn't work. It works now, it worked before. And it worked before that too. And if that's the case, so then why do you have to assume there was ever any change? Whatever it is, like the Puzzle says, this reference in the case, what was, is, will be, we don't see a reason to assume there's going to be a change. And that was coming from, again, an analysis of the world. Is the world a, a viable model or not? If you're going to look at the world and say, this is not a viable thing, it doesn't work. Somewhere it's going to explode, somewhere it's going to stop. Then you can say the world is finite, it's going to end at some point because it doesn't have the ability to maintain itself. But if we look at the model and we see how things work, we can even understand the cause and effect of the system. And you say it's, it's a working system. So if that's all the if that's the realization I've come to, the understanding I have, so then I'm going to say it. it's a working system. Why assume anything ever changed? The way it works now, it will continue to work. The way it works now, it used to work. And that's, that was the, pre- the premise which they're coming from. Now, are they trying to answer how the world was created, if it was created? They're not trying to answer that question, which is never a problem saying that it could be at some stage, whenever it was, there would be a creation. The observation was that the world runs, and you don't have to assume it's going to be changed. So it's been running forever. Well, there's no starting points. It's not like something's building up to, 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 to where it is now, and it's going to then... Uh, come to a crash or it's going to then end somewhere else. It runs the same way. The, the cycle repeats itself to call it again. Everything goes back on the cycle. And therefore, where, where, where is it to say where this began? Where is it to say where it ended? Not me far, but it just... The Greeks also saw people die. The Greeks also saw things die, but they were replaced. So it's a system where the prat keeps dying, but the system keeps repeating itself. Even though there wasn't a first... Whenever it was, there was no reason to pin it down to a certain point because we don't right. see yeah, a change that, that, that from yeah. beginning point to later on. Right. Which was the, 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 the mind view, mindset of the philosophy. And now, that's one point. The second point which disturbs us more is even of philosophy was, therefore, and this is what it says, Hashem has no part in the system. He's not changing anything. He's built a system. Even if you're going to accept the fact that there was a creator created, the, he, the, the system runs. Everything works. And if that's the case, he doesn't need to get involved in it. He doesn't do anything, it doesn't make a difference because the system's going to run. It's not like we see that it needs something miraculous to keep pushing it along. It works. So then, if, if, that, that was the philosophy came to. Even if there would be a, a Hashem who originally created it, he's no longer getting involved because he made a good system. The system runs smoothly, so he's not, not a part of it. Now, the next question, which is a, so part three of the argument of philosophy, if that's the case, so what do you make the rule for? What do you make the world for? Okay, so even if they're going to accept that there's an answer to that question, which again, which the Khazari assumed there was, and the right beginning of the Khazari goes into this, and the answer is that people should become good people. There's a, there, there's a certain uh, moral, so to speak, obligation to, to be the greatest person a person can be, to, be the, to, to work on oneself, to perfect oneself, whatever it's going to be. For what purpose? 
Okay, that's really a good question. But uh, here's the difference in explaining what the Frost has already held in that. But and therefore the Frost is very into ethics, they're very into morals, and they're very into what's the right way to act. Because, right, because make yourself the best you can be. Now, the next question is, what's the purpose? Anyway, you're going to die. So what's the big deal about making yourself the best you can be? Um, so here, here it seems that there was a, a break of a, within the ranks of the philosophies on this point. In other words, they can accept that what you've said until now, is, that's pretty much understandable. But now the next step, so what's the point of it? Why should you do that? Well, you go, anyway, you're going to die. So what's the point of trying to live life one way or another way? And we can ask this to the big Greek philosophers. This is what they said. Socrates, or Plato, whatever it was. Uh, they all wrote about the way a person's meant to live and what's the ideal a person can achieve and come to real understanding or wisdom. What for? Life's finite. What are you going to gain out of it? Okay, that's it. Because one thing's for sure. And that is if you're starting with the premise of philosophy, you don't see Olamaba. You don't see anything beyond the physical. So therefore, they definitely weren't doing it because they believed in some afterlife. So what's the point of it? So here again, like I said, the different schools of thought within the philosophers how to answer that question. But that, that's, just, that's the, the basically the build-up of a philosophy one. Now, um, wh- while we disagree with philosophy, again, the Ghazali makes the, the winning argument, it's all not true. Hashem appeared to us, Hashem told us He is interested in what we do, Hashem told us the reason He's interested just because He's going to reward us in Olam Abba for it, and if we don't, we don't really have, we're going to get punished for it, and there is in the Shaman, and therefore this world is just a stepping stone to something else. So this whole, this, this whole, this whole construction, which they came to from uh, from objective view, as they call it, viewing the world, is all wrong. So that, that's our argument after that entire. Now, the question is, which we want to get back to, what did Abraham Avinu see different? What did Abraham Avinu see different that brought him to Hashem, where, uh, where, whereas the observation of the non-Jewish uh, thinkers, philosophers, scientists, whoever they may have been, didn't bring him to Hashem, brought him away from Hashem. What is different about Abraham Avinu? So, so there's, there's two ways to answer the question. Um, let's take the way Rabbi Khan Vassalin says first, in, in the beginning of his COVID's Memorial Malak Adita, he asks the question. Again, he gives an answer, we'll explain it. Uh, this time we'll come tonight, but next time we'll explain the second answer to this question too. The first answer Rabbi Khan gives is that uh, he asks the question, how could it be? And Abraham at the age of three came, saw the world and recognized Hashem. Whereas even people who were considered to be extremely intelligent, such as um, such as uh, some of the Greek philosophers, we talk about Aristotle, didn't see the point. And Aramukhan asks more than that. He says, every 13-year-old child is meant to have a mother. And you see that even people who have big never never got to their mother. So what was wrong? In other words, where, where did Abraham see different what they saw that at the age of three he was already able to come to recognition of the MS and they even in their adults he never came to and Rukhana's answer is basically based on one thing and that is how much is a person open to consider uh, the option of position in other words if a person has already decided that there can't be something beyond the Rasi he's already started with a certain degree and therefore um, the option of something I'm not aware of doesn't exist then I'll, I'll, I will refuse to see that. I will only look at things that I can see and, and quantify and understand in with my own eyes. More than that, I'm not prepared to consider. Then, okay, then I've already set myself a certain uh, mania, a certain barrier that I'm not going to see Hashem. 
And therefore, being as the, the like the Ramban writes, the Mahalik of the Greek philosophers was that we don't accept what we can't see. What we see, we can understand, what we can work with and prove, we can we, we accept, more than we don't accept. So basically, your starting point is, I'm not prepared to accept the shit. And therefore, we're going, to, we, we, we're going to see everything we can see already with the, the foregone conclusion that we're not prepared to see anything besides for what you can see. And therefore, we're going to have to explain what you see in terms of what you're willing to, what you're willing to agree to. Whereas, if a person is prepared to look with an open mind, and he looks at the world, and that's what says Abraham Duck at the age of three. So a three-year-old child is just starting to understand. It hasn't yet uh, formulated opinions about the world. It's still new to him. He's still prepared to look at the world. And see it with an open mind. And says if a person is prepared to look at something with an unbiased opinion, so then they're going to see that the philosopher's position is all wrong. It's all wrong, not just because we have proof from Sinai, not just because we heard Hashim speak, but for a more basic point. And that is that it doesn't make sense that a whole system would work, would work within itself when every part of the system, by nature, uh, should we say, works, has its own nature, works differently to everything else, unless there's something controlling it. And what I mean by that, this is what the Ramah says about Ramah, you know? If you would imagine, let's give some to Marshall first. If you would imagine a group of people, every one of them is a different nature. Everybody has a different agenda. Uh, they don't get on with each other. But you see, all working together. So you think, well, what's going on here? You have people who are so completely different to each other, people who don't get on with each other, people who each one has a different, completely different idea of what they're trying to do, and they're all working together as a perfect team. How's it happening? And the answer is going to be at mass be that there's something compelling them to do that. Unless there's that thing on put there. in the system at the beginning that they can't deviate from whatever they're supposed to do. First, we have to accept there's something controlling them. I thought Otherwise, you said that they, do, that they did accept that. Oh, one second. Otherwise, Otherwise, the why in the world would we all work together? Now, we see there are people like that. Everyone saw the world like that. Every force in the world, if you look at it as an opposing force, and each one has a different, uh, has a different tier, uh, and each one has a different influence, and each one's trying to pull the world in a different direction. In the simple words of the Midrash, how does the sun work with the moon? It's meant to be night, it's meant to, it's meant to be nighttime, it's meant to be daytime. And what makes the system work perfectly that the one sets out one can rise? Why well, sometimes I don't want to say? I want to. I want to always be in, in control. The system works that everything, whatever its nature is, they work together, and therefore it must be that there's an overriding force which makes everything work together. Now, again, that's the first point of Abraham. Abraham saw it wasn't necessarily an argument against the philosophers. It was again an argument against what he said before. People worship the sun, people worship the moon, people worship this, and people worship that. But Abraham said, I don't see any koyach as being the one in control. There's something overriding all the koyachas. Now, the first point is, that's not, again, that's not an argument against philosophy. That's an argument against the result. The philosophers accepted that. They also agreed that there's a system. They just said the system's always been there. This is the second point of Abraham. So we're not going to have a chance to go into it in detail now, but just the point. This is what Chazal means. It's Abraham looked at the world, and he saw a birat delekis. He saw the world was burning. And that's what he came to, he came to realize, yesh manik the birat. It's a Chazal, Chazal say, a marshal to a person who works in the forest, and he comes across a house, in the middle of the forest, and he looks in the windows of the house, and he sees that it's lit up. And he says, there must be a manic to this house. And the same thing, Abraham went in the world, 
saw the world was lit up, this is a must be a manic. Now the obvious question that Khazal is that if what do you mean there's a leader for the house? If you meant to say there's a builder for the house, well then the light in the window. That can just use the house. If you want to see a dark house that says someone's have built the house. And what? If I'm gonna build the house and left it. I don't know where he is. But if I see lights in the window it means he's here. He's here. It wasn't something which happened a thousand years ago in some crusader ruin. If I see that it's still lit up, the lights are on, means somebody's here. And that's the point of Abraham saw, not just that the world was created. It would be like seeing the house. He saw the lights were on, which means there's a money, there's someone leading the world right now. That's the answer to the philosophers. They said, no, oh, it's like an ancient ruin, the world was created ages ago, Hashem left. Abraham says, no, the lights are on, there's a money in the mirror. Now, what did he see? And what does it mean? I'll just the next time we'll explain